Our sages teach that at the splitting of the Red Sea, even the fetuses in the womb sang praises to God. But why? Were they enslaved by the Egyptians? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on Duff Zion, page 7 of Tractate Subas. And we learn that Chinuch, a Torah education, begins nine months prior to the birth of a baby. Welcome to the Transformative Duff and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. After 20 years hoping and praying for a child, Yitzchak and Rivka's prayers are answered. Our matriarch conceives, but the pregnancy is far from easy. The pain intensifies every time she passes by a shul or a house of idolatry. She is baffled and confused and goes to seek the counsel of shame, the righteous son of Noah. He informs her that she's carrying twins, but not just any twins, twins who will be diametrically opposed in every aspect of their character. The prophet tells her that they will father two nations, two forces of spirituality in constant opposition to one another. Sure enough, almost from the moment they are born, Yaakov and Esav exhibit diametrically different characters. Yaakov, the lover of Torah, becomes the ancestor of the Jewish people, while Esau pursues worldly pleasures and becomes the symbolic forebear of Rome. Let's look at today's Gemara. Rabbi Meir would say, How do we know that even fetuses in their mother's wombs sang the Shira, the song at the Red Sea? For it says, In assemblies, bless God, Hashem, from the womb of Israel. Let's examine the Gemara. Why would unborn children have sung the praises of Hashem in utero? They didn't experience the bondage in Egypt. They didn't witness the miracle of the splitting of the Red Sea. What message is Rebbe Meir seeking to impress upon us? A couple who were about to give birth came to the rabbi for a blessing. Rebbe, when does the mitzvah of Chinuch educating our child begin? They inquired. Nine months ago, came the response. Think about it this way. If the time spent in the womb served no purpose, why would Hashem have made such a lengthy gestation period? Our tradition abounds with ideas about the spiritual journey of a baby during these nine months. The story of the struggle between Yaakov and Esau is but one example demonstrating the awareness of the fetus. The underlying message of the Medrash is that an expectant mother should already frequent holy environments in order to enhance the spirituality of a child. And perhaps the most famous teaching concerns the angel who enters every womb to teach the unborn baby the entire Torah prior to its birth. At the last second, however, with a clip of the mouth, the baby forgets all the Torah it's learnt. What's the purpose of teaching the entire Torah if the angel will subsequently cause those teachings to be instantly forgotten? Classically, the idea is understood as a source of strength and encouragement. It's difficult to learn something new for the very first time, but a review of previously studied material is easier. Anytime we encounter Torah that seems too hard to comprehend and we're tempted to give up, we're reminded of this teaching of our sages. Keep at it. You've learned this material already. You can do it. It's just a review of your previous learning. But the underlying message to new parents goes even further. If our children are privileged to learn Torah in the womb, then we are most certainly obligated to continue their Torah education the second they take their first breath in this world. There's no shortage of naysayers who accuse those seeking to instill Torah values in their children from a young age of brainwashing their children. Let them grow up and make their own decisions about how to live their lives, they say. 
But do they really believe what they're saying? Would they apply the same standard towards secular subjects and Western behavior? Would they say, let them grow up and decide whether the three R's are important? Would they withhold life lessons such as table manners and proper etiquette from their kids? Of course not. To deny children a basic education and basic values would invite allegations of neglect and abuse. And if we're concerned about imbuing our children with the right worldly values, conduct and education, then we most certainly must imbue our children with strong Torah values and a solid Torah education from the earliest age. When it comes to instilling Torah values in our children, it doesn't just happen when they're in the classroom learning Aleph base. It happens every minute of every hour of the day. Every moment is a teaching moment from the Moda'ani that we whisper to our babies as they wake up in the morning until the Shema that we sing as we rock them gently to sleep. Some of these lessons will be conscious, but most will be the consequence of their natural tendency to watch and emulate the conduct of their parents. Your children watch your every move. They learn from your every move. Whether it's a bracha that you make before eating or an utterance of thanks to Hashem for some small miracle that's happened in your life, they learn and they become. Let's return to our scene at the splitting of the Red Sea. The children of Israel have walked through on dry land. They've watched the Egyptians attempt to pursue them, only to be enveloped by the rushing waters. They turn their eyes heavenward and sing out in gratitude. But in particular, the joy of the expectant parents knows no bounds. What God has wrought upon the Egyptians could well have been the fate of their children. Pharaoh's decree to throw every baby boy into the Nile meant that every pregnancy was filled with dread at the prospect of the birth of a boy. And so the joy of these parents was far greater than that of any other Israelite. It permeated their entire being and every bone in their body, including their unborn child, was enraptured with gratitude to Hashem. Chinuch, education, means more than just education. It means dedication. As parents, Hashem doesn't just ask us to educate our children. He wants us to dedicate our children to His service. That only happens when we live and breathe Torah into them. Everything you do influences your children. What you look at, where you go, what you listen to, all make their mark on your dear little ones. It's a huge responsibility to raise a child. You are now the bearer of the Masorah, the tradition that your parents handed down to you and that you in turn will pass on to the next generation. Parenting is one of the most heavenly pursuits in this world. When we parent our children, we emulate the Almighty, our Father in Heaven. May your home be a divine environment, and may you instill within your children the timeless values of the Torah, so that they too sing out in praise, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.